Book Six, Chapter Seven of the Boys and Girls Pliny by Pliny the Elder. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Fishes valued for the table. At the present day, the first place in point of delicacy is given to the scarus, the only fish that is said to ruminate and to feed on grass and not on other fish it is mostly found in the carpathian sea and never of its own accord passes lectum a promontory of troas optatus elipertius the commander of the fleet under the emperor claudius had this fish brought from that locality and dispersed in various places off the coast between ostia and the districts of campania during five years the greatest care was taken that those which were caught should be returned to the sea but since then they have been always found in great abundance off the shores of italy where formerly there were none to be taken thus has gluttony introduced these fish to be a dainty within its reach and added a new inhabitant to the seas so that we ought to feel no surprise that foreign birds breed at rome the fish that is next in estimation for the table is the mustela but that is valued only for its liver a singular thing to tell of the lake of brigantia the modern lake constance in Rhaetia, lying in the midst of the alps produces them to rival even those of the sea of the remaining fish that are held in any degree of esteem the mullet is the most highly valued as well as the most abundant of all it is of only a moderate size rarely exceeds two pounds in weight and will never grow beyond that weight in preserves or fish ponds these fish are only to be found in the northern ocean exceeding two pounds in weight and even there in none but the most westerly parts as for the other kinds the various species are numerous some live upon seaweed while others feed on the oyster slime and the flesh of other fish the more distinctive mark is a forked beard that projects beneath the lower lip the lotarius or mud mullet is held in the lowest esteem of all this last is always accompanied by another fish known as the sargus and where the mullet stirs up the mud the other finds aliment for its own sustenance the mullet most esteemed of all has a strong flavour of shellfish the masters in gastronomy inform us that the mullet while dying assumes a variety of colours and a succession of shades and that the hue of the red scales growing paler and paler gradually changes more especially if it is looked at enclosed in glass footnote seneca has two passages on this subject which strongly bespeak the barbarous tastes of the romans he says a mullet even if just caught is thought little of unless it is allowed to die in the hand of your guest they are carried about enclosed in globes of glass and their colour is watched as they die ever changing by the struggles of death into various shades and hues and again there is nothing you say more beautiful than the colours of the dying mullet as it struggles and breathes forth its life it is first purple and then a paleness gradually comes over it and then 
placed as it is between life and death, an uncertain hue comes over it. End of footnote. Marcus Apicus, a man who displayed a remarkable degree of ingenuity in everything relating to luxury, was of opinion that it was a most excellent plan to let the mullet die in the pickle known as the garum of the allies footnote seneca speaks of this cruel custom of pickling fish alive other fish again they kill in sauces and pickle them alive there are some persons who look upon it as quite incredible that a fish should be able to live underground how much more so would it appear to them if they were to hear of a fish swimming in sauce and that the chief dish of the banquet was killed at the banquet feeding the eye before it does the gullet End of footnote. for we find that even this has found a surname and he proposed a prize for any one who should invent a new sauce made from the liver of this fish i find it much easier to relate this fact than to state who it was that gained the prize Asinius sailor a man of consular rank and remarkable for his prodigal expenditure on this fish bought one at rome during the reign of the emperor caligula at the price of eight thousand sesterces footnote juvenal sat for one fifteen speaks of a mullet being bought for six thousand sesterces a thousand for every pound and suetonius tells us that in the reign of tiberius three mullets were sold for thirty thousand sesterces it is in allusion to this kind of extravagance that juvenal says in the same satire that it is not unlikely that the fisherman could be bought as a slave for a smaller sum than the fish itself at the above rate each of these mullets sold for nearly four hundred dollars of our money End of footnote. a reflection upon such a fact as this will at once lead us to turn our thoughts to those who making loud complaints against luxury have lamented that a single cook cost more money to buy than a horse while at the present day a cook is only to be obtained for the same sum that a triumph would cost and a fish is only to be purchased at what was formerly the price for a cook indeed there is hardly any living being held in higher esteem than the man who understands how in the most scientific fashion to get rid of his master's property licinius musianus relates that in the red sea there was caught a mullet eighty pounds in weight what a price would have been paid for it by our epicures if it had only been found of the shores in the vicinity of our city eels live eight years they are able to survive out of water as much as six days when a northeast wind blows but when the south wind prevails not so many in winter they cannot live if they are in very shallow water or if the water is troubled they are taken about the rising of the pleiades when the rivers are turbid these animals seek their food at night they are the only fish the bodies of which when dead do not float upon the surface there is a lake called benacus in the territory of verona in italy through which the river mincius flows at the part of it whence this river issues once a year 
and mostly in the month of october the lake is troubled evidently by the constellations of autumn and the eels are heaped together by the waves and rolled on by them in such astonishing multitudes that single masses of them containing more than a thousand in number are often taken in the chambers which are formed in the bed of the river for that purpose End of book six chapter seven